0: CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Edinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Hey there. Happy Friday, everybody. I'm Melissa Lee, live from the NASDAQ Market. Site. time for Options Action. Here's what's coming up on the big show.
2: Carterworth unboxes a way to catch up to the surge in homebuilder stocks. Then Dan Nathan warns the semis aren't coming back anytime soon. And Mike Co says it's over. He'll script out the stock's next plot twist. It's time to risk less and make more. Options action starts right now.
1: Let's get right to it. It's been a sturdy year for the home builders with the XHB ETF, which tracks the group up nearly 34%, outperforming the broader markets. Take a look at some of the names leading the space DR Horton, Whirlpool, Lennar, Pulte Group, all surging double digits and less than 5% away from fresh 52 week highs. And our chart master says one of these names is building up for an even bigger breakout. So, Carter, why don't you head on over to the class and break
2: down for us? Sure. So, we're going to look at Whirlpool and obviously not a home builder, but very related. Uh nonetheless. And Whirlpool has been a laggard, and I think that's the opportunity. So here is a five-year chart, two lines, and you can see the divergence. Blue is the ITB, which has Lennar and Toll and Pulte and other home builders, and then orange, Whirlpool. And basically, what you're talking about is no progress for the better part of five years. Literally, not no progress, punch. Um, I mean, bad, versus this. Now, what? Here's the chart. How can we draw the lines? Well, one way we can draw the lines is call this a double bottom. You can also call this a fairly big head and shoulders bottom. You could call all of this a cup and handle. Any way you splice or dice it all suggests that this bottoming out formation has follow through. If you put in the moving average, you'll see one way to measure trend is that this is clearly a downtrend and for what it's worth, this is an uptrend a sequence, yes, of higher lows and higher highs. So the betting here is that this is actually going to break out, let's zero in on the chart here and now, a lot of tension. You can see, again, if you wanted to put in the cup and handle part, you could do it that way. But what I really see, and this is important, is this breakout above this top, and you'll see it here, slight gap above, the tension is there. The levels are remarkably precise, as is so often the case with a good setup. And here today, last two days, we just punched above. I think we've got plenty to run here, and I want to play Whirlpool on the long side.
1: All right, Carter, come on back. Mike, what is yeah. the trade?
3: So, you know, Whirlpool's an interesting case, of course, because this is not a real growth story. I mean, we're looking at revenues that are approximately now where they were about five years ago, marginally higher. Earnings have improved, so their margins are getting a little bit better. You know, we take a look at this thing, trading what? You know, it's low double-digit. uh. PE here, about eight times EVE. But, uh, so it's, it's not massively expensive, but it's not a big growth story. What is interesting to me, though, is that the options are quite expensive. If we look out to December, what we can see is that the options market is implying that this thing is probably going to move about 21 maybe $22, uh, either higher or lower. Consequently, the options are fairly expensive. So in this market environment, and given the fact that options are fairly expensive, my inclination is to use a call spread on the long side. I was looking at the December 160 175 call spread. that thing was five dollars when I was looking at it earlier today. you'd spend 785 for the 160 calls, sell the 175s against it for 285 that's your net debit of five dollars. A little bit more than we sometimes like to spend on verticals, but this is one of those situations where it's because the options are expensive, and this is going to help mitigate that a little bit. Again, this is one of those situations where I think if you're just buying outright options, you're going to pay quite a lot of premium. Here, we're limiting the premium to about 3% of the current stock price, and obviously if we do get a move, certainly if we get a move like the one that the options market is implying, in our favorite direction, then we should do uh, pretty well
4: this way. Dan, what do you think? Um, you know, I personally don't have a lot to say on Whirlpool in general. I think that the charts that Carter showed um, on the, the home builders are very constructive. I just think this is a name that's been in a downtrend for years. Now, it just broke out above um, that breakdown level of last year. Obviously, this is a name that has a lot of sales um, outside the U.S. So it's really this whole trade situation um, is an interesting one for for this one. So I, I don't really I don't know how it shakes out with Whirlpool. I don't really like or dislike Mike's trade one way or another. I don't love the idea of risking five. To To maybe make 10, uh, but you got to get the direction right, and the stock has to be up at least 10 bucks to break even.
3: Yeah, I I mean, and actually your view is shared by most people on the street, too. The street's pretty (laughs) indifferent on this stock, and they have been for a long time. You know, some of these, it's a competitive business. I mean, there's going to be only a handful of players in it. We were just talking about it earlier. It's not likely to get all that exciting but i think carter's point and it's a good one you know these are the types of things where there tends also to be a potential floor somebody could step in and say all right well if i can at least pay for the low cost of debt at this point that you create a a potential bid underneath it by you know the private equity community or something like that really was to fall out but i don't like being long it here i don't like chasing the home builders generally we saw so much bullish activity Lennar told we were actually talking about it earlier this week and last Uh and and here we are in that space, very close to or on the all-time highs. So it's a little bit of chasing, and that's why I think you want to use options if you're going to press bullish bets after you've seen big runs.
2: Right. And Whirlpool, however, is not at its all-time highs quite a bit. So that's either the opportunity or or that's the trap. Uh but we what we do know is it is a very cyclical business and it's a very cyclical stock. It was twenty bucks in the 09 lows. Here it is 155. Um The day-to-day action is good, though, and the bet would be that it's better to be long than short.
1: All right. Well, check out the chip stocks uh, getting put through a spin cycle of their own today. And if you think this is just the beginning of a semi-smackdown, Dan Nathan here has got a way to play it. What do you say, Dan?
4: Yeah, so here's the thing. Just go look at this group. Um, you know, within technology, it's highly cyclical, and we know that it's been very volatile over the last few years. And they've obviously, just like we were just talking about, have been very subject to these trade headlines. I would tell you that the fact that they have made some new highs this year, where some other groups within tech have not confirmed the broader market highs, tells you that this is a group that people are gunning for when they think that the trade. Talks get better, or when we get better commentary about global growth. That chart right there is pretty interesting to me because there have been two new highs this year. One came in April and one came in July. And in both instances, the, the April new high found a 19% peak to trough decline. And just so you know, that came right after Q1 earnings. And then we go out to late July, and the SMH, um, the ETF, the Trotsky semi space, had a 13% peak to trough um, uh, decline there. Obviously, you can see that uptrend from the December lows. It's come a long way. So here we are. We haven't made a new high. But I think what's most important is that the guidance that we got from Micron last night should have set... Um, you know, alarm bells off on a lot of investors who thought we were much closer to a bottom in this cycle. And it may not even be that we're that much further away from a bottom. It might must be a much less profitable rise from that bottom. Because if you think about what Micron said, they're seeing pressure on gross margins and they're seeing headwinds because of trade, specifically with China. So when I think about this, as we go into quarter end. A lot of these semiconductor companies used to give mid-quarter updates. They don't like transparency anymore. Maybe that's because they don't have the visibility in their businesses that they used to have, but I think we could probably get a couple more negative pre-announcements, and you might see this group top out as they've done the last two quarters right around earning season. So to me, I think you take a shot that this thing goes back to that uptrend somewhere down near, I don't know, maybe a little below it, 105 or so. So today when the SMH was trading at 117.75, you could look to November expiration by the 117-106 put spread, paying $3 for that, buying one of the November 117 puts at $4.50, selling one of the November 106 puts at $1.50. That breaks even down at 114, and you can make up to eight bucks between 114 and 106. And really what I'm doing here is I'm playing the sentiment. I think the sentiment got kind of bullish in the space. We just got a negative fundamental data point. The technicals look pretty constructive. I would assume that you're going to say that, but it could have a pullback on bad fundamental news or broad market weakness back to that uptrend, that's what I'm playing for. Or just for. a
1: negative headline on trade, like we saw today. Yeah. I mean, We saw the SMH, we saw Micron in particular down already, and then yeah. took another leg lower when that's we right. heard about the delisting I mean, story. The
4: thing is, so,
2: one could say that it made new highs, but the thing about making new highs, it's like any new milestone. You got to make it. You got to actually achieve <laughs> the goal. To make a slight new high and fail, it really is more of a triple top. Yeah. And also, just think about the individual securities. Intel has never participated with this. NVIDIA, the number one performer for the last six, eight years, is not working. MU just Xilinx. So it's not the all clear sign that the SOX index would suggest. And I think people do love this area of the market. And any weakness here would trap a lot of
3: people. You know, two things I would point to. Take a look at how the SMH performed in the second quarter. I mean, you saw pretty much a 20% decline in, what, five weeks, something like that. So that gives you a sense of how far and how fast this thing can move. And the other thing is that, of course, because it can do that, you know, oftentimes you have these ETFs, the options are very cheap. You know, we, we talk about that all the time. Here you do want to use a put spread, though. The reason is if you look out to November, if there was a VIX, uh, November VIX for SMH, we'd be in the mid to high 20s. So it's, it's not cheap optionality that you're getting. So you definitely want to use a spread here. This is another one of those situations, like the one we were talking about before. You're spending $3 for an $11 put spread. That's maybe a little bit more than we otherwise would, but it's well justified by the fact we have the catalyst coming up, by we see the volatility that we've had in there. And, of course, you're getting a little bit of a lead in with what we saw from Micron. So this is one of those situations where you get to see smoke, and now you get to bet, you know, essentially get your fire insurance.
4: Yeah, I'll just mention, you talk about the high price of options, and Mel just mentioned that it's been very volatile on trade headlines. Two times this week, we've seen 3% moves intraday moves from either a low or a high going off of this trade headline. So to me, you know, it makes some sense to spread it. Um, that's why I did it here. You know, if you're really convicted and you think we're going to get a bit of a move, you just buy the, the puts outright and you wait until you get a move and then you look to spread them. But that's really how you choose to do it. I like the risk reward of risking three to possibly make eight. That's 2% of the underlying stock price. Is
1: there one, though, Chip Bell, weather that you would look to? So,
4: so Carter just mentioned a couple names. Okay. I think it's really important. NVIDIA is down 40% from its yeah. highs from 2018. Um, Xilinx was a darling last year. Guy Dami wouldn't shut up about it every day, and it went up every day. But now it's down about thirty percent, and it really looks like it's breaking down. AMD was a darling; it just broke the uptrend from the December lows, and looks like it's about to fail. So you know, Intel is in the in the midpoint or below the midpoint of its one-year range. It I is don't the see anything. Constituent you know, in the whole SMA. There's two charts in the whole space that look good. Taiwan Semiconductor just made a new high this week. Okay, and Texas Instruments. That's it. If Texas
2: LFTX goes. Okay, or MCHP. Well, I mean a, a, I mean a,
4: a, a yeah. material market yeah. cap, and that's what's holding it up, yeah. because those are constituents
3: one and three, I yeah. think, yep. correct.
1: For everything Options Action, check out our website, optionsaction.cnbc.com. While you're there, you can check out our super cool newsletter. We've got much more Options Action ahead. Here's what's coming up.
2: There's a reason why the phrase, too much of a good thing, might soon apply to Costco. Mike Coe will explain. Plus, calling all Options Action fans. Reach into your pocket, grab your phone, and tweet us your question at Options Action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air when Options Action returns.
1: Welcome back to Options Action. Check out shares of Costco down more than 2% this month after jumping to a monstrous 40% gain this year. The company reports earnings next week, and Mike says the party might finally be over in the pantry. He's over at the Plasma with a call to action. Mike.
3: Sure. so we're going to take a look at a put calendar. We use this uh, strategy quite often when we go into catalysts like we are in the case of Costco. Here are the things I think you really should be paying attention to because probably, like my family, you're at Costco quite a lot. We like to go there because things are cheap, but Costco itself is not. Right now, you're seeing quite an elevated valuation, and we're going to get a look at that in just a second. The other thing that is seeing an elevated valuation are options going into earnings. Right now, it's implying a move of about 4.5%. That's above about the 38 eight that it averages over the last eight quarters on these moves. The thing is, I still like the company. I just don't like the stock. So for me, this is kind of a hold situation rather than an outright sell. So, going into the earnings, let's just take a quick peek at what this valuation looks like. How would you like this? 36 times trailing 12-month earnings, that is a history of that valuation over the course of the last 10 years. So this is essentially, right now, a peak valuation over the course of the last decade. We can see that in the stock price as well. And here we are. We can see what Melissa was talking about, this huge move that we've seen right here. And I do think that we're in this sort of tricky spot where you have to do incredible things essentially to justify a big move up after you see valuations like this. So, very simply, I was just looking at the October 4th weekly, November 280 put spread. You could sell these puts, the 280 weeklies that expire next Friday for $3.95 buy the ones in November for $7.80. Now, obviously, if you hold this after these expire and you wait all the way until November expiration, you need it to fall below the two eighty strike price by about, you know, whatever, four bucks that you're spending here, a little bit less. But the other thing is that if it actually just comes right into here... And sits here. This option is going to basically decay away. This one could actually appreciate. So this is a situation where you can own longer-term protection if it does this. If you want to hold on to that put, but it can also profit actually if the stock just languishes and just fails to make new highs out of earnings here.
1: All right, Mike, why don't you come back over, Carter? What do you think of the charts and Mike's trade? Well,
2: so within retail, we know we've had this great bifurcation, mostly losers, and then a few. Very important winners, Dollar General, Costco, Home Depot, Target, all having big moves to the upside. But the ones that have had that are full, if you will. And I think there's a lot of risk of those giving ground, and Costco is in that bucket. So the recent fading, I think, is not over, but likely to be the beginning of more trouble.
4: You know, that's from a guy who I think months ago called the breakout, and this thing has been off to the races since then. So I think that's kind of interesting. The stock has taken a pause, and I think it's really interesting to focus on the fact that Walmart, Target, Costco, like you just mentioned, Home Depot, have all had those breakouts and just kind of runaway breakouts. This one in particular does feel like it's getting heavy. You know, Mike's trade's interesting. I, I think if you don't think it's going to be a strong move, lower following results, that trade makes total sense. If you think this stock could go down a lot next week, the 285 weekly puts are $6. That's about 2% of the stock price to the point if you're convicted on a down move, the options look very cheap, in my opinion, on just playing that. But that's just a five-day trade, and it's basically like flipping a coin with worse odds.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's really the key here. Do you think that the stock is going to basically run into some headwinds maybe trade off a little bit, or are you expecting, you know, a big gap lower? I mean, we can think about two big names that have announced earnings recently, not necessarily related to Costco, but, you know, Federal Express, here is a name that everybody thought it was getting cheap. I I was among those. Clearly, it wasn't. um, And, you know, the thing had one of its worst earnings basically since the credit crisis. Then you could take a look at Nike and a lot of people said, look, that's trading at peak valuations and then they had a good number and they actually <laughs> traded up. But we did right. the same kind of trade on Nike and that trade actually did okay despite the fact that it actually went higher or didn't languish and go lower. So this is one of the situations where, you know, there's really two things that can happen and, and both of them are going to work okay. But if, to your point, Dan, you suddenly see a, a move and everyone reprices this thing to 27 times earnings or 30 times earnings. You're going to see some real punishment in the stock. I don't think that's going to happen. And also, if you
2: think about it, just think about those two instances that, that Mike's referred to. Nike's gap up feeble. FedEx's right. drop in gap. Micron's huge. drop in <gasps> gap, huge. A lot of asymmetry in the market, and that's, that's the risk here.
1: All right. Coming up, it is Friday, so you know what that means. You can tweet us your burning questions at Options Action. You might just get answers on our air. Plus, we will reveal the name of this free falling fang stock and why the recent move might be good news for one of our traders. We're live from the NASDAQ in Times Square. Don't go anywhere. Options Action's back right after this.
0: CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Edinger. Follow and listen to CNBC business news updates wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Welcome back to Options Action. Time to take a look back at a couple of our open trades. It is a jungle out there. And last week, Dan said Amazon might get caught in the weeds.
4: Amazon has a fundamental driver I think that could take it lower. The fact that that stock broke down below that uptrend that had been in place in December and has stayed down over the last month and a half or so tells me it's just really weak relative to its mega cap peers. I do not like that price action. It's hugging its 200 day moving average which is really the only technical support near term that I see for it. You can look to November expiration which is going to catch that earnings event and by the November 1760 1500 put spread paying $50 for that that breaks even at 1710
1: Amazon's down about 5% since that trade. So what do you do now, Dan? Yeah,
4: so interestingly, the long put strike, the, the NOV 1760 put is in the money. So the stock is down about 70 bucks here. The put spread that cost 50 bucks is worth 75. I think you're going to have an opportunity next week. It did break that support, that near-term support. Um, there's really nothing below it for a bit here. And I think you have the opportunity to, to maybe take some profits when you see this thing at some point in the 1600 range in the not-so-distant future. I
2: mean, that was a really good one. And it yeah. broke where it should. And now the June loser are in play. Yeah. It's heavy and it's crowded, so downside
3: can Maybe be Maybe roll it. Take when some it of the profits
4: off and roll down.
1: By the way
2: cut through the June lows enough to really get things moving. Well, it's another 3
4: 4%. Mike, why don't you explain that real quickly? I mean, like, so the, the point is, is like, let's say in a week the stock is down another 50 bucks and you have a double on this thing. Let's say you only bought one contract. That, what would you do that, with That's a thing? great point. So yeah. you own the long put. Sometimes you can look at something called Delta and your machines probably
3: allow you to do that. You have a 60, 65 Delta long put strike. You're going to want to roll that down maybe by the 40s against your other shorts. That way you could take some of your profits on, but keep your, you know, keep that convexity, still press your shorts.
1: Meantime, Mike said that Nike might have to stop and catch its breath after a big run-up into earnings.
3: We're just under those all-time highs, so we're going into earnings. Three things can happen. It can either break out to new highs, it can sit essentially right here and struggle to make it anywhere, or it could potentially go a little bit lower. I was taking a look at putting on a short-dated, calendar spread so today when i was looking at this the september 27th weekly so on monday these are going to be the ones that expire next friday you could sell the 87 and a half puts for two dollars and ten cents and buy the october 87 and a half puts for two dollars and 55 cents
1: well, Nike jumped higher on earnings, and the first leg of that trade expired in the green today. So, Mike, what can you do? You now? know, if
3: some of you guys have followed this trade, and I know some of you do because I watched the tape and and I saw a lot of these things go off. Maybe it was somebody else's idea you were following, or maybe it was this one. This trade actually was a double on Wednesday after earnings, and so some of you may have already taken it off. This The put that we still own is actually worth slightly more than we actually put the spread on for initially. You know, my inclination actually is to do what I was just talking about. I, I kind of feel like it's peaked out here. And so I'm inclined to maybe put on a vertical put spread out a little further.
2: Right. The breakout was, is sort of unconvincing. Yes, it broke out. Yes, it's high, But it, it just didn't have the vigor that you'd expect with a result like that. So downside risk.
1: All right. Up next, your tweets and the final call. Time for the final call. Carter We'll
2: Whirlpool on the long side. Uh, I think the bottom is in.
1: Mike Co.
3: do a lot of shopping at Costco, but I'm not a buyer of the stock going in earnings. I
4: like calendar put spreads.
1: <laughs> Dan Nathan.
4: Uh, you like Costco because things are cheap, right, Mike? You said that. No, so you know. <laughs> let me tell you what's not cheap. Uh, options in the SMH. I think you continue to sell rallies in the SMH and you can buy November put spreads.
1: All right. That is for us here on Options Action. You can see us back here next Friday at 530 for more. Meantime, don't go anywhere. Mad Money starts right now. Have a great weekend.